there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. Welcome to the Mind Your Own podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And welcome to Inauguration Week. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, aside from all else, this is this is a big week. Historic. Uh, inaugurations are important no matter what. Yeah. So um, I, I've... I said this last week on the podcast. I've always been a fan of politics. This last four to five years have really tested <laughs> that love. Um, but I always look forward to uh, the ceremony of, you know, it's going to be very non-traditional for a lot of reasons. Uh, obviously, COVID-19. And then obviously because of January 6th and the insurrection that took place on our Capitol building and the government. But regardless... Everything is marching forward. All I hope is for the safety and well-being of all involved. And that that includes that includes every single guest that's going to be in attendance, every media member, every member of the National Guard that is there, everyone that has uh, taken a vow to serve and protect both um, international and domestic threats. Thank you uh, for doing what you can to make this it will be a inauguration like no other, but it is still an inauguration and you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But <laughs> I do want to say since last week's episode, one thing that we had talked about with our podcast is sending it to somebody who you might, you might feel wouldn't necessarily agree with everything that we are saying, but would be open to the conversation. Yeah. And just to show you that we don't just ask you to do something without doing the work ourselves. One thing that I had decided in the new year, I'm not big on resolutions, but I am big on trying to trying to do things that challenge me, make me feel better, all of the above. Right. There is a podcast, or podcast, excuse me, there is a uh, playlist on Spotify that pre-pandemic when I was driving a lot, I listen to it nearly every day. It's called The Daily Drive on Spotify. It's designed to provide a mix of news and music that is made exclusively for you. The point of it is to pull from music that you are currently listening to while interjecting uh, just news updates for the day. They they don't want it to be, they don't want it to be, they try to keep it very, very bipartisan. So we're talking things like NPR, BBC, and the New York Times, the Daily. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated the episode that I listened to today. And if you're interested in listening to it yourself, the episode is What Kind of Message Is That? It's from January. I think the date that's pulling is January 17th, mm -hmm. but technically it's from Tuesday, January 19th. Regardless, just look for What Kind of Message Is That? And what the editors and producers and reporters of the show did is they went and called um, Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. And 
they, they wanted to just talk to them about their feelings about what happened on January 6th. They wanted to talk to them about their feelings around, around the election, around inauguration. And I will be honest with you, a lot of what I listened to was hard for me to listen to. Mm-hmm. Even even by myself, I felt, I felt myself wanting to uh, argue back on some of the things right. that these people were saying. But I thought the reporters and the producers handled it so well, because they, they didn't do any of that. What they did is they just continued to ask questions. And I, I really just, I'm glad that I listened to it and I'm glad that I heard how they responded and yeah, it just was, it was, it was good. It was one of those things where I'm glad I spent, it was like 30 minutes. So the daily typically is between 20 minutes and an hour, depending on the day. So Sunday's episodes typically tend to be longer, like the Sunday paper. Right. Um, but I'm glad I spent some time with it because now the next episode will be talking to Biden supporters and getting their, their feedback of their hopes, their fears in the coming years. But to have that perspective from people that I know for the most part, I don't agree with like, for instance, there was one individual that they spoke with and I could hear, I could hear the frustration in his voice, but I think what was really hard is he actually was there. He went to, he went to DC and he went for what he hoped was a peaceful rally. Okay. He thought that's what he was signing up for. Mm -hmm. You can hear the frustration when he starts to speak about what actually transpired. Yeah. But he isn't at a place where he can see that how this could possibly be Donald Trump's fault. Like he he's he's not yet there where he can say he has any place of blame in this. But he's frust- he's frustrated by what happened. And while it might be easy for me to say, well, he incited some of this. Right. This is an individual who is telling very openly and honestly, this is how I feel. And he, you can hear it in his voice. And so it was good for me to listen to these um, these individuals speak because when we talk about sharing things with people that we think might challenge their viewpoints, what we don't mean is I don't, I don't want you to go down some conspiracy theorist rabbit hole on the internet. Don't do that mm-hmm. to yourself. But when you can have something like this, so I really recommend this episode of The Daily from Uh, the New York times, this particular episode, like I said, it's what kind of message is that it's, it's an ability to listen and hear a different perspective and hear where somebody is for better or worse at Mm -hmm. in their state of mind that, like I said, isn't taking you down a rabbit hole that you don't need to be down. And like I said, I really appreciated the reporters. I thought the questions were fantastic. I thought how they handled things were fantastic. I mean, you had people literally telling a reporter in that moment, like, I don't trust, I don't trust the news. I don't trust, you know, mainstream media. I don't trust any of that. And, And to think you're quite literally speaking to a journalist in this moment, Yeah, there's a level of irony, but that person, that reporter could have said, well, you're speaking to me. But what benefit does that do besides throw a guard up and suddenly make it now combative? Right. So through the entire thing, through people telling them, I don't trust the mainstream media, I don't trust the news, I don't trust reporters, these individuals kept a very like, okay, well, let's let's talk about that. Why don't you? Right. Tell me more. And I thought that they handled it really well. So I recommend it. Like I said, we don't just tell you to go do something and then try not to do the work ourselves. <laughs> so I did actually listen to something and I'm, I'm glad that I did. 
I don't know what I can do with that right now, mm-hmm. but at least I have, I feel, I feel better for having spent a little time with that podcast. Right. I'll have to check that out. I, um, I think it's super important too when, like we've said on a couple times on this podcast to be willing to have those conversations. That's how you are willing to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like by not getting defensive, expand upon and maybe dig a little deeper for the other side to to explain why they feel a certain way about something and then just listen mm-hmm. because like I can't tell you why Erin feels some way about something unless she can verbalize it to me you know right. and then spending the time to listen to what she says that's what we mean yeah just listen just listen in fact um we'll at the end of this episode when we talk about what we what we want to sort of challenge for this upcoming week a big piece of it is listening again and so I I don't want to give too much away from there, but we will come back to something. And I even have it pulled up on my computer. But I think when we talk about reporters and the world that we live in, this is probably the place to start, unfortunately. Um, We were, you know, I had sent Sasha a message and said, you know, I kind of want to talk about this. A a story broke uh, Tuesday morning that the New York Mets, long story short, the New York Mets have fired their um, general manager, Jared Porter, for his for sending explicit photos, including a naked picture of his penis to a foreign female reporter in 2016. She had ignored dozens of other messages messages from him for weeks on end. And um, she came forward and now he has been fired. Mm -hmm. So I really recommend if you'd like to know more on this story, uh, both Mina Kimes and Jeff Passan from ESPN have the story about this please go look it up. It's on ESPN.com. You can also go to either Jeff Passan or Mina Kimes' Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. They have plenty more there. The thing that was really disturbing to me about this is, first and foremost, there there's going to be individuals that come to the defense of Jared Porter. And I just want to I just want to tell you what I'm expecting those defenses to be. And I'm sure they're there. To be honest, I don't always look for the defenses because I need to protect my own I need to protect my space. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gone looking for the defenses because I know how it will make me feel, but I yeah. understand it's there. I'm sure it's there on Twitter. I'm sure it's there on Facebook. I'm sure it's there. Yep. But people will say um, she led him on. People will say, well, she was texting with him. I'm sure people will say um, if she had such an issue with it, why is it now just coming out today and not previously? Um, I'm sure there are people who will say just all kinds of things. And I want to be clear. It does not matter if you're a man or a woman. When you are a reporter, you have sources, you are trying to establish sources, you are trying to build relationships. And through that, and and this is the case in most, so for instance, myself, I have texted a number of Nebraska staff members over the years, Mm -hmm. both current staff, former staff, some people I still communicate with that are no longer on Nebraska staff. But there is a level of respect there that I, I hope that they respect me enough not to send a lewd text message because we've had communication. Right. It's a professional relationship. It is. It's a professional there relationship. There should be mutual respect there. A hundred percent. And the fact that women so often are viewed as, 
you know, well, obviously, and I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've had everything, everything thrown at me and I'm sure I'm, to be honest with you, I'm sure some of this is still set out there. Again, I don't go actively seeking my name on message boards. I will not. I refuse to. No. And I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure I've heard, I've heard it all. I've heard I've slept with people to get to where I am, which is just so bizarre. Um, I've heard, uh, I've heard everything. I've heard that it's just because I'm pretty, but it's funny because some people tell me I'm too ugly. Like it's just, I've heard, I've heard it all. So I can only imagine what others have heard. So the thing that really broke my heart about this reporter, which she spoke through, excuse me, she spoke through someone else because, um, her whole intention was, she said, my number one motivation is that I wanted to prevent this from happening to someone else. She told ESPN this through an interpreter. Obviously, he's in a much greater position of power. I want to prevent this from happening again. The other thing is, I never never really got the notion that he was truly sorry. I know in the United States, there's a women's empowerment movement, but in my home country, it's still far behind. Women get dragged through the mud if your name is associated with any type of sexual scandal. Women are the ones who get fingers pointed at them. I don't want to go through the victimization process again. I don't want other people to blame me. I appreciated her saying in the United States that there is a women's empowerment moving. In fact, like I have a sticker on my computer that says that says support women in sports that comes from um, a group that was started by a young woman who wants to really push that message that we need Mm -hmm. to support women in sports. I have another one that I just added that says be blessed and pay women that came from a a woman that works with galvanize another group um, that is actively working to support women in sports. Yes, we do have these organizations, these groups, these channels in which women are working to support one another But I'll be honest, we can only do so much ourselves. We need the active work of our allies. We need men to step up and say, Mm -hmm. this is also not okay. And like I said, if you come across this story and you see somebody who is quick to defend Jared Porter, I ask you, especially men, to say, no, do not support this. Do not do not give him an out here because it is too often that we do this thing where it's like, well, people can be redeemed and absolutely they can. But Jared Porter has shown no nothing as of now that gives any reason to believe he deserves your forgiveness deserves that redemption. He, he has literally said, well, those pictures aren't even of me. They came off of Google. That is a, doesn't matter. That is a terrible excuse. And then when asking when this might run, he asked for more time and then further declined comment because I'm sure he was smart enough to go get a lawyer. And that lawyer said to shut up, Mm -hmm. but he, he doesn't have anything at this point that leads me to believe he feels remorseful or feels bad or sorry or has any desire to actively change his behavior. So please spare me on he deserves the redemption. He has not shown that at all at this point. My mom used to say stuff like like about people when they weren't really sorry. He's sorry because he got caught. 100%. He's sorry because he got called out and he lost his job. That's yeah. what he's sorry for. He's not sorry for anybody but himself. That's what he's sorry for. So like you can spare us with the whataboutism and the making excuses and the, well, that's just how guys are. I'm, I'm sorry, but like, excuse me. No, that is not how guys are. Like, first of all, that you're disrespecting and this is a form of assault. So like, get the hell out of here with that. Seriously. Now I appreciated that the, I appreciate that the Mets, they're, owner Stephen Cohen I believe it's the owner correct I, I I 
have yes Matt's owner I just wanted to be sure (laughs) um he he tweeted this morning that they have terminated him in his initial press conference he had spoken about the importance of integrity and he said I meant it there should be zero tolerance for this type of behavior and I appreciate that but the thing is is like the work is not done for someone like Stephen Cohen because the fact that a person like Jared Porter was allowed to operate in this locker room, in this ball club, tells me that there's potential that other individuals like Jared Porter exist. They exist everywhere, to be honest with you. And when you're someone like Stephen Cohen, who's now saying we have zero tolerance for this behavior, you're going to have to back that up again if it happens or if if you see that elsewhere. That's the, that's the part where I will, I look forward to seeing their steps forward. But this is, the reality is if you're somebody who's listening to this and you're horrified by Jared Porter's actions, I just want to throw this in there as well. This tweet circulated yesterday. It's from a a young woman reporter in um, Canada. She's she was doing a segment outside. She makes it clear she does a lot of these uh, stand-ups by herself. Yep. She a lot Which of is common. It is very common that reporters will take their own equipment, set it up, do their own recordings. This this happens very often. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's kind of scary. <laughs> but yeah. she's getting ready to start this segment. She begins speaking, and a car drives by and um, yells some very lewd comments at her. I will I will spare you repeating them here. You're welcome to look this tweet up. Laura Oakman, the woman who founded Galvanize, who I mentioned, I am a huge Laura Oakman fan. She quote tweeted Krista Sharp, the reporter, and said, the only thing worse than having this hurled at you is watching it happen to other women. This absolutely kills me. I know you have a tribe supporting you, Krista, but know it's even bigger than you think it is, sending every ounce of good energy your way. I feel so horrific for this young woman. Now, I'm glad that Krista shared it because yeah. I think we have to shine a light on these things when they happen because I'm going to tell you as a woman who has worked in sports for some time how ashamed I feel when things like this happen to myself yeah. or when they happen to people that I know my my go-to reaction is to pretend it didn't happen yep to ignore it. So many of you with good intentions, when we do call these things out, go, don't give them the time of day. Don't quote tweet them. Don't share it. Don't broadcast it. If we don't, then you don't know. You don't know, but you also are asking us then to live with this by ourselves. And we get to process this, this alone. We have no opportunity to share what is happening. I understand when you say that it's coming usually from a place of well, you're being well-intentioned. Right. You, you're saying don't allow you're this person to win. trying to be supportive. But the wording that you're using is telling us to ignore something that's very real to us. What I was going to say, too, it's not even just working in sports. It's I have experienced this stuff just be, like growing up happening to be a female. Mm-hmm. I cannot go running by myself without mm-hmm. some, with some form of mace or something because people do this and people follow you on the trails. I cannot walk to my car at night by myself without something on me or being fully aware of everyone and everything around me. Mm-hmm. I can't walk my dog. I can't 
do anything outside of my house by myself without being fully aware of where I'm at and my surroundings 100% of the time because there are people out there like this. Mm -hmm. And if it's not making lewd comments, it's being creepy and following, even if the intention isn't to do something horrible and it's not murdering me. I don't know that. Right. I've well, been followed on the trail several times before mm -hmm. and it's the most, it's seriously the most terrifying thing in the world. And when I saw that video, that's an everyday occurrence by being alive and being a woman. And here's the thing is there are people in the comments who are like, oh, well, this originated as a joke and stuff. Y'all need to spare me with the defenses of these people. Excuse me. I'm saying we shouldn't have to have defense mechanisms to this. But yes, people are already defending. Oh, it's a joke that originated. Like, no. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. And it's funny because if you're somebody who thinks, well, how often does this really happen? I want to, based on what you just said, Sasha, I want to say three things that I've talked about in the last month, maybe not even a month. I think it's been like three weeks. The first is I got my mom a pair of headphones because she's been enjoying listening to Spotify on her phone when she goes for walks. I recommended she do one of two things, either keep one ear bud out of her ear at all times or have it in a way that you cannot see that she's wearing ear that she's wearing them. I said, put them through your shirt or put right. them through, make it so that they cannot see that you have a cord because that in my mom is 65. Right. Right. I'm telling my 65 year old mother and she's looking at me like, eyes wide open. Like, Horrified. why are you telling me this? Right. But I'm like, I don't want you to be subject of somebody taking advantage of you because they see you wearing headphones, right. but you should be allowed to walk safely. I saw an ad jumping off that before we move on to the next thing. It was literally the only person or gender this could have been marketed to was someone identifying or being female. It was Women will love this. And the feature was to turn one of the headphones off without the other turning off. Oh, God. It's what just, the hell? I used to go for- We do have to worry about that, though. Yes, I used to go for walks. I used to go for walks, and I would listen to podcasts. In fact, that we, that used to be when I would my time. I would take my dog. At the time, I just had Jax. I would take him for a walk. I would listen to different podcasts. I'd, and I stopped the first time. I'd been doing this for close to a year, and- I stopped after this one time that this car kept circling back and following me and they weren't, they weren't yelling anything, but I could, I felt really uncomfortable. And so I immediately took my headphones out of my ear and I, I, you start to do this thing as a woman where I start to look at my options. I'm looking around. Are there other How people? Are there anyone else? And I realized I was really close to the park that was near my house. I better get to the park. There's probably people there at the park. If I have to scream, will those people hear me? Mm -hmm. Like that person, by the way, stopped following me the second I got to the park. Right. And that was the thing that like, I'm in a neighborhood. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I feel very comfortable in my neighborhood. I very feel very comfortable in the spaces that I walk, but I, I felt really naive at that point that I had even for a period of time felt comfortable walking out and yeah. about without having, and I mean my, so Jax, my dog is a 50 pound pit bull lab. Like, actually, he has no lab. He looks like a bit of a lab, but he doesn't. He's majority pit bull. He is not a mean dog, but people are afraid of him when they see him. It doesn't matter. Right. People apparently don't care. It doesn't matter if, like, I need you to understand. It does not matter what I'm wearing. It does nope. not matter if how I look. It I does not matter. could be dressed in a sweatsuit with my hood tied around my face. Mm -hmm. The second they realize you're a woman, it's game over. 
Yeah. There was one time I was walking to, oh, sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, you're fine. There was one time I was walking. I took the long way to walk to the gas station to go grab a soda. I didn't realize that the back part of my way there to take it longer was not as well lit. This was, it was maybe six, seven o'clock at night, but it just started getting dark. I ran the backside of that because I was familiar with it during the day because it was part of my longer run route, but I was not familiar with it at night and it was a little too dark for my liking. If something happened, there's not enough cars on that road yeah. and something, you know, that this is a stuff it's not even stuff. It's this is a shit we have to worry about on a daily basis. This isn't a, like isolated incidents. This is all the time. I was just telling my fiance this story. And this is what I'm saying. Like these conversations happen a lot. I was just telling my fiance this story a couple of days ago. We just happened to be driving down a road that when I was in high school, my friend, a good friend of mine, before we could drive, we would walk down this road because we would want to walk up to the target that was nearby. And we would do this every so often in the summer, just leave her house and go down this road. And we always knew when we did, we were going to get catcalled. I mean, we're a couple of 14-year-old right. high school girls, and we're getting catcalled by grown-ass men mm-hmm. on a road. And it's like, it, it was so, like, I, I, I always felt okay because I was with her, but yep. I felt like... I, that, that is ingrained in my brain. In fact, I also remember when I was in middle school, originally my mom wanted me to walk home from school. I was old enough. I I lived less than a mile from school. It was probably good exercise. Walk yourself home. Mm -hmm. I will never forget the day I was walking home down this one road to get to my house and a car of, I assume high school boys drove by and yelled some really obscene things at me. I never walked home by my, I never walked. I actually, I'm not even saying I'd never walked home by myself again after that. I just never walked home after that. I made a decision because I was so, and this is what I'm saying about when people make these points of, well, don't give them the time of day. Don't show that then that show them that they've won. Sometimes when you ignore them, they get mad. Well, that, that was, I remember my mindset was I was ashamed I felt so ashamed and so embarrassed and I was, I felt, yes, I felt like, what did I do that caused them to do this to the point where I made the decision that I would rather just wait at school until my mom got off work to pick me up or I would find rides home from friends. Like that was, I would rather just be inconvenienced and figure something else Mm -hmm. out than to make that walk and have that potentially happen again. Yep. So here is somebody, I'm going to tell you, I was probably 12. Yep. And I had somebody take my safety away from me in that point, in that moment. I had somebody take away something that like, probably for a couple of months up into that point, I had no issues with. But the yep. second they did that, it was game over. I'm not, I'll go find a school activity to right. get involved in after school. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to do this. Yep. Because... I, <laughs> It just, so the last thing that, again, these are things that happened, these conversations or these, these events are things that happened in the last month. A woman I went to high school with, she was 
she had her car stolen from her in the middle of the day. She, it was the middle of the day and she was walking to her car and somebody noticed that she was by herself and basically decided to attack her to get her car. Now, she's a badass. I'm not telling you that every every person should do this. She fought like hell against them. And I remember watching this video and feeling nervous for her. She's okay. Like mm-hmm. she had, you know, she's sore, everything. She's okay. But she fought back. I'm sitting there like sick to my stomach because I'm like, what if this person had a gun? Like, what if they decided like, I'm going to throw you in the car and kidnap you? Like I'm feeling all kinds of way about this, but the reality was this person saw her as a woman by herself getting into her car, but in broad daylight, broad daylight in a, like in a like strip mall. Yeah. And they said, this still seems like a good thing to do. And Thankfully, she is alive. She has very minimal injuries and she can now tell this story. But it's like, this is the stuff where I don't often think men fully understand what, what, like, and again, to the men who are listening to this, um, that's not saying that men don't have their own things that you, you have your, like, it's this. It's the same whataboutism as when somebody says Black Lives Matter and somebody says, "Well, what about all lives?" Like, it's the same thing when women say, "Hey, this thing is consistently happening. <laughs> it would be great if it could stop." And people are like, "Well, what about the things that happen to men?" No one is disregarding any of the terrible things that happen to other people in their lives, but this is a consistent problem, and yes. this is a consistent issue that women, woman after woman after woman after woman, is saying, and it just feels like. Well, and, and it the, doesn't feel like change is always happening. Anyone in the comments section of any any one of these videos or any one of these articles, there's always like, oh, she was asking for it. She shouldn't have responded. She shouldn't have done this. She shouldn't, she shouldn't, have, shouldn't worn have done this. that. She shouldn't have been. She, well, oh, don't wear that tank top. Then, then when you ask why, why did it take so long for her to come forward? This shit. This is why. Because instead of trying to understand how she may have felt you put the blame back on her for doing she didn't do anything mm-hmm. this is why women don't come forward and this, this is, is why. why women leave so she she's left the industry to be clear she doesn't want she doesn't work in sports anymore at least i i believe she is no longer in the industry at all um the thing that makes me sad is there are a lot of women who leave sports I have, mm-hmm. I have friends who have left sports for a variety of reasons because it just is always really convenient. There's just either job opportunities that aren't there for women that seem to always be available for men. Um, and I want to be clear in this. What I'm talking about as a white woman in my experience is even harder for black women mm-hmm. and women of, women color, of color in this space. I cannot, I cannot express that enough that it, it's it's even harder. Yeah. But I have seen phenomenal reporters. I've seen re- phenomenal journalists. I've seen phenomenal social media, just brilliant-minded women leave this industry because they're like, I just can't. I just, this is not how, I don't want to live my life this way. Yep. And I don't blame them. The thing that sucks though is... I have literally had that presented to me as an option. Well, if you don't like it, just leave. Why do I have to leave? Well, yeah. Why, why the f- do I have to leave? Why do I have to go somewhere because somebody else just can't be a better human being? Yep. I, I mean, I, 
I, I'm speaking very much obviously about myself, but in my career, I've had people, and I know, um, you and Sadie talked about it on Meathead Test Kitchen, which I recommend listening to that episode of, um, like I had, I had shared with both of you some things that people had said to me. I have had people tell me that my, my thighs are too big. Like I literally had this person and I'm saying literally a lot, but I think I'm just saying it because I want you to understand this actually happened. happened. Uh, I had a person on Twitter and I don't even remember what they were coming at me for. They took a screenshot of a photo of me and my thighs and basically expanded it and blew it up on Twitter as some kind of proof point that I was apparently not beautiful enough, good at my job. I'm not sure because look at the size of my thighs. Now I am not fooling anyone. I am not a size zero. I have consistently been in my life between a size six and a size 10. Women out there, if you are ever (laughs) confused when you look at my Instagram and think that like, I, I, no, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a healthy six to 10. I I'm very, what they call like midsize, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not size zero. I'm never going to be, I right. need you to understand to be that size. I would literally just not exist. I would not be eating, but here's the thing that pissed me off when that person did that. This person didn't know a damn thing about me and I didn't care. But the reason I blew them up on Twitter at that point and when people are like, oh, don't give them the time of day. No, because here's what happens. Some random young woman is going to come and find that tweet and they're going to look at my thighs and they're going to say, well, if her thighs are bad, my thighs are bad. You know what the issue is? not try. I have had eating disorder. I've had a disordered eating in my, like, I basically would set rules for myself that didn't allow me to eat. And you might think, well, is that anorexia? No, because disordered eating is far more than just the ones that we know of. It's, there was a point in my life where I was the thinnest I had ever been because I was actively doing that to myself. And you know what was happening? I had more migraines than I've ever had in my life. I was sleeping all the time because I couldn't, I didn't have enough energy to do anything. My energy was spent at the gym where I would desperately work out to get more calories burned Mm. because I punished myself for my food intake. I may have been at that moment in my life, whatever random Joe Schmo on the internet thought my thighs should look like, but you know what? You weren't healthy. I wasn't healthy. I wasn't happy. And my life was deteriorating around me. I wasn't a good person. I was an asshole to everyone. I was a, I was a bitch because I was not me. Yeah. So no, if, if somebody is going to go out of their way to screenshot my thighs and put them on Twitter as some kind of like example that I am not of some beauty standard in this industry for them, excuse me, you can go f- yourself because I, I am not going to allow another woman in this industry or any young woman for that matter. She doesn't even have to be in sports. I'm not going to allow somebody who follows me to see that response and think that that's okay because that's the reality. When we sweep this stuff under the rug and go, it's somehow my fault. I'm not going to see that other people see it. And I just, I mean, I've had people tell me like my face is messed up, which Y'all, at this point, five years in, this February will have been five years. I was in a severe car accident. Yes, I have scars on my face. I am not fooling anyone by that. No amount of makeup covers scars. I had second and third degree burns on my face and my scalp. 
what do you want? I can't fix that. I cannot fix the thing that happened to me. I cannot fix the drunk driver that was going 80, 90 miles an hour in a residential who hit me and caused the car to explode. If you want to come after me and tell me that my face is messed up and that you hope somebody can fix it someday, I would like for you to tell me what I could have done differently in this thing. I would love to have, for the record, jackasses who do that because it has happened more times than I care to admit. I would love to have the face I had prior to the accident. Like I, I took everything for granted prior. Like I was, I I remember like thinking my skin was so perfect and like being so happy with things. Yeah. I would love to go back to those feelings. I have had to spend five years being okay every single day with the scars that now are on my face. I'm really fine with them. I, I mean that there are some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't have to worry about this, but I have slowly over time become more and more comfortable because scars make us who we are. Mm -hmm. Everyone has scars. No one is perfect. You may feel someone is perfect, but they have their own flaws. I mean, I remember when Carrie Underwood, of all people, I am all over the place, but I just want to use her as a quick example. I remember when Carrie Underwood slipped on ice outside of her home, fell and cracked the front of her yeah. face open. It was right on, and you can still see the scar right under her nose. People tried to make a case that she got her lips done. No, y'all. She had to have her whole upper lip and top part of her mouth reconstructed. Now she has the best plastic surgeons in the world, yeah. but like, she has talked about how that has really affected and changed her because mm-hmm. people comment on it all the t- on, on the change yeah. all the time. So she tried to come forward and say, hey, the next time you see me, I'm going to look a little bit different. And people blasted her on the internet for, oh, she's lying. She got, a, she got a, her lips done and she did this. And it's that. like, she fell on ice. And does she need to show you the photos for you to believe it? Apparently, like to some people, yes. I know that we like, I'm so fired up (laughs) and I won't, I won't, um, swear as much as I did last time this came up, but it like seriously at my, all the way to the core of my being when I, I cannot go on Twitter anymore because of shit like that, because the second I see it, I'm going to lose my cool because you are, are a person near and dear to me. And it, it seriously, like it makes me just and sad like grow the up people like I don't really understand why or how or like what what purpose there is to making comments like that or not understanding or not maybe if it's really bothering you and it's top of mind ask a damn question Mm -hmm. ask hey could you explain to me what happens like the accident if you are not aware like Stop. Like Aaron's one of the best in on I'm not like I'm I, not like blowing you up, dude, but like for I, real. As somebody like, who I am like, gonna hype you up right now. As somebody you're who the, doesn't handle compliments well at I your am, like, job shaking. in Nebraska. <laughs> Honestly, you. you really are because you give people the mood. And that is super important. Like I don't need a basketball score. I want crying. the mood. <laughs> and you are so good at that. So when people come at you Ugh. and instead of just being like Yes, you're amazing and have to make stupid comments because they feel small. It's bullshit. And I'm like, ah, you know, for real. 
It makes, Stop. <laughs> it makes me mad because I did not realize this about you and I'll let you share whatever you're comfortable with. But see, I feel so much. Thank you. I like I'm somebody who's working actively every single day to be better at accepting compliments. So thank you. <laughs> I'm like the worst at accepting compliments. Um, but we were talking about this a little bit um, prior to the show and I have always looked at you. So really quick before you, I want you to share whatever you're comfortable with, but I just want to say the way that I've always looked at Sasha. So from the moment I met you for the first time, which I think was at 1620, a long time ago, um, I immediately was just like, this woman is a badass. And I have this weird thing in my life where I tell all of my friends that like, they never got a choice that I, that they were my friends. I just decided like, I want you in my life. You're going to be my friend. I I basically decided that with Sasha. I was like, she's so cool. Um, I want her to like me, which is so funny because then I probably spent like multiple years being a complete idiot all the time. Just being like, does she think I'm cool? Um, But I just think you're so genuine and so authentic and you are so cool. And I'm so glad that you are in this space because we need your voice. I need your voice. I really don't care. I just like, I want to just listen to you. And I'm so appreciative for you and your friendship in that you continue to fight in this space too, because to be honest with you, I get so nervous that people are going to leave and this, this industry would be a lot less bright if you left and I would have to fight people and I'm just, I'm just going to tell all of you, I I will fight you. (laughs) I, so like most people know, like kind of my career in, in Omaha, um, like I was older. I'm, I'm going to be 37. I know I'm not that old, but I, like, I didn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up until I was about 25. Um, but I just had a sniffle. I (laughs) (laughs) I know there's a teary eye in here. Um, but I, when I was at the zone, they wanted all the producers to have their headshots taken, be put on the website because occasionally the producers would go out and do remotes or be on location or whatever. I was totally cool in my bubble of people assuming because of the sound of my voice that I appearance-wise, was completely different than I am. Mm -hmm. And I really fought back. I was like, can we just put a joke picture up there? Because I don't, I was not comfortable with people knowing what I looked like. Not because I think I'm attractive, but because I didn't want to deal with the bullshit of people if they did Mm -hmm. find me attractive. I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, And eventually they were like it will just be it'll be hidden in layers it'll, it won't be like front page and I was like okay that's fine I I have have actively in my entire career not sought out comments on reddit or whatever because I didn't want to know what people had to say because if you really wanted access to me you knew what the email was mm-hmm. if you really wanted access to me for a time in the beginning, can't do that anymore because people are creepy assholes. Not even knowing, like, not even knowing what I look like mm-hmm. would just send me creepy, weird messages based off of something I said or tweeted, which is almost always a joke 100% of the time on Twitter because I, kiss, I just can't take it seriously. But I really, I really just didn't want that to be a part of my life. Because I had seen what happened to other women. I had heard your story. I had seen... This happened to so many of my female colleagues, and I just didn't want it to be a part of my life or have to deal with it. it so I shut it down. It reminds me a lot of, um, 
it's it's interesting that you say that about like your email and stuff. I actually have like if people want to get a hold of me, they can. It's not like it's hard to find my email mm-hmm. address if you have to. Um, but I don't actively go and promote my email address and things. And it actually sometimes bums me out because I'm sure I'm sure there are people who probably wish there was an easier way to get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. It's just sincerely genuine people who do. And it bums me out that like I kind of have to make them jump through hoops to get there. But I figure yeah. if you are willing to go through the hoops to get my email and you message actually me, want to talk to me. Yeah. yeah. I just, um, what you just said reminds me a lot of, in fact, for those of you who are listening, whether you are a fan of her music or not, I encourage you to look up her story as Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. Um, Billie Eilish is notorious for wearing very large, oversized outfits. Her reasoning is always because she doesn't want people to have the ability and the authority over her body. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason that this is so great of her to speak so openly about this on for being who she is. Um, There was actually a song that was going around TikTok a few, like a month or so ago. And it was basically a song somebody had written that was very, very vile. It was it was sexualizing Billie Eilish and all of the responses from women on TikTok were this person's doing this and she's wearing baggy clothing. It literally yeah. does not matter what you're wearing, yep. but this is exactly why she does what she does because yep. she is not comfortable with people sexualizing her without her authority, without yeah. her, consent. A, her consent to do so. And this person still went and made a song, a horrible song about her. And she's never spoken about it because again, in this case, she really doesn't need to. Plenty of people have spoken up on her behalf mm-hmm. in this space. But if you're ever somebody who's like, oh, that's interesting. Why does Billie Eilish wear such large, you know, oversized clothing? It's because she really doesn't want people to know what mm-hmm. she looks like. Take back the control. She she has 100% control. Now, there are a lot of women in the industry who um, do the opposite who wear whatever they want and don't Mm -hmm. like to be clear, Billy is wearing exactly what she wants, but there are women who also then go out and wear exactly what they want, whether it's next to nothing. And they're basically saying, it does not matter what you think about my body and what you say to me. Uh, take Lizzo, for example, Lizzo wears anything that she wants. And there are plenty of people who come at her and say, your body, your, your body shouldn't be allowed to wear this bikini. And she always is the best at her clapbacks because she always comes for you when you come for her. And she's always very clear that her body is a body like anyone else's body. And that body is designed for clothing and everything else. And she can put whatever she wants on it. And if you have an issue with it, it's not her problem. That's on you. That is the thing is like, as women in this space, we have to come with thick skin. And I, I want to be clear with like everything I've shared with you, please. I've said this before on my Twitter account, please. You don't have to, you can email us if you want to talk more about this. We're at mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com. What I don't need though, is you to tell me that I'm great and I'm beautiful and all these things. Mm. Please, please don't do that. Um, the reason why is, is because one, I'm terrible accepting compliments. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, the real reason is because I really, really do have thick skin. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, I'm okay. I yep. really am okay. What I would like for you to do instead is to save that energy, the energy you might feel of, I'm going to reach out to Aaron and Sasha and tell them that I think you're amazing. Save that energy for somebody else who needs it. Mm-hmm. Save that energy for a woman in sports that you see that is 
needs a little extra support because people are coming for her for some reason. Or if you see your uncle on Facebook calling out Aaron Andrews for wearing a sparkly jacket, save that energy for that and yes. go tell him that's not okay. Yep. I, I have to say, I really appreciate it. I was tweeting about something the other day and somebody, somebody commented on what Maria Taylor and I am so sorry. I just lost her name. It was Maria Taylor. And, um, there was another, uh, sports reporter for ESPN who took over for the national championship game. I'm going to go get her name because I want to be very clear. Um, but I really appreciated both of them were wearing like really like to be clear, these outfits were very much who they are. Mm -hmm. They neither outfit was, it didn't matter. Honestly, it was on brand for them. It was on brand for them. Um, but like, it did. It wouldn't matter if Maria Taylor decided to show up in a bikini. Like I really don't care if, right. if Maria Taylor decided to show up in a potato sack. I really don't care. Like it's what you. What are you comfortable in? Right. Like, it's whatever you feel. And so somebody had shared a photo from ESPN. It was like one of the PR people who was like, you know, just serving looks tonight from these two women. And somebody else was like, "Well, I don't know. They look like cocktail waitresses." And I was. <laughs> And they basically made the comment of like, do you think that like they wanted to wear that? And I'm like, it's Allison Williams. I just want to be mm. clear. She had a really cool sparkly jacket on. And now the cool thing about Allison Williams is she actually stepped in last minute because um, she was not originally scheduled for that game, but then was called last minute to step up for it. Um, for people who were like, wow, she did a phenomenal job course she did she's an ex she's a she's an expert she's a professional let's stop being amazed at people just doing their jobs like it's great we can be excited that she did well but like she's also an she's also a professional like I don't understand sometimes why we're always so like oh wow in the moment of duty she stepped up it's her job like of course she was going to right um but those women we're wearing whatever they want to wear. I see this same thing with Erin Andrews. Erin Andrews cares so much about what she looks like. She wears, she, who cares if Erin Andrews you know likes what? fashion? Let her live her life. Speaking of that, I actually got asked this the other day by a female. Hmm. Because it's not explicitly, like, we're not just calling out the guys here. Because no. other females, we need to be better about being Women team support players. women. Yes. Um, but Unless someone other women, like, deserve, like, yeah you, you guys know what vibe we're going for here <laughs> but they asked me do you wear makeup every day because you feel like you have to or because that's something you want to do and I don't get offended very often by much but it took me aback for a second because I was like I wanted to be like hi if you think I'm doing anything for anybody else but myself like if my husband happens to think I'm attractive that day I mean, he thinks I'm attractive every day. I'm not trying to call him out, but like <laughs> Brian, but if he's like, you know, he's like, dang, that's the only person I give a crap about looking nice for. I put my makeup on every day because it makes me feel good. Yeah. I, mean, I like to show up. I have awesome eyeliner skills. Like I'm going to keep practicing them. Thanks. I was, uh, I wasn't even offended. I was just like, who are you talking to? I, I saw a quote once and this was so true. It was like, I don't, I don't get dressed up. I don't put makeup on for anyone other than myself and the like 12 year old girl who's going to see me on the street that thinks I'm a badass. Yes, and, Like that's me. I'm yes. like, it's like a, if I like a middle schooler is like, Hey, I really like your shoes. I'm like, I have made it. Right. I have like, right. I have like come to a peak in my life. <laughs> the youth think what I'm wearing is cool. Right. Like I remember when I worked in the journalism college for a while and in the Nebraska journalism college and like 
if a like young woman would come up and be like, oh, I'm really liking your jeans. I was like, I have done it. <laughs> yes. I have accomplished I have everything I want. Reached the top of the mountain. I ain't here for my fiance. I ain't here <laughs> for other men. I am really Mm-mm. not here for anyone but myself and that random young woman who's going to tell me that the my shoes are The only vibe checks I need are if I look in the mirror and I'm like, what up? Yeah. That's the only vibe check I need. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I just don't care. I put my makeup on every day, especially this year. Like 2020, I was like, was rough. Okay. 20, We've I, covered this. I miss my closet. But I, I legit was like, the first thing I decided I was doing for sure was putting my makeup on yeah. every day because it was the one thing I could do for myself. And I really like putting on, I'm going to be girly for a second. I really love putting on mascara and my eye makeup. Like it just makes me feel you do good. You a really good wing, by the way. Thank you. I'm, I've only been doing it since I was 13. Exact <laughs> same way. <laughs> I have some practice. It's so funny though, because it's funny that somebody asked you that. Because one time in this industry, so I've had two things that have happened to me. So I remember I was at Wisconsin and I was in the elevator on the way up to the media floor. And a person asked me if I was on TV. And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm just here. I'm a reporter. And she's like, oh, well, you just wear, you're just wearing so much makeup. <laughs> so... I, I remember just being like, all right, thanks. All right. <laughs> um, all right. And I, I think I pretty much was like, I, she seemed, she was, she was an older woman. So I, I think she was like, I'm, I'm would equate her to like a grandma. Yeah. Like a, that's how I'm trying to be very like intentional in how I say this because there's nothing wrong with being an older woman. Right. I'm saying, Think of like your grandma. Yeah. That is. I am specifically thinking of my grandma right, right now. Like, because that is something she would A say. lot of times <laughs> at um, at college football stadiums, oddly enough, the people who run the elevators typically are elderly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an it's an easy job that they can usually sit down. It doesn't require, you know, walking around doing anything. But yeah. then they still get to participate in the game day. Absolutely. So that is what I'm saying. Um, so I think she was just being nice that I must be on TV. I think if I would have said yes, she would have been very excited. I think mm-hmm. I actually disappointed her by telling her I <laughs> right, wasn't. Right. So, but I remember being like, that oh. kind of made me feel bad because I'm like, am I just caked with makeup? <laughs> um, but then I had somebody else one time who was closer to to us in age mm-hmm. just say to me like, well, you just wear a lot of makeup. And then they realized that was kind of an insensitive thing to say. And they're like, I mean, it looks natural, but it's just a lot. And yeah. I'm going to be really honest with you all. After our accident, I w- I never really wore a lot of makeup before our accident because I, like I said, I, I was very cocky about like, oh, I have good skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a total brat, a total diva about like, oh, I don't have to wear makeup all the time. Um, but after our accident, like my scars uh, have improved significantly in time because I have some, I had some very incredible experts at UNMC who are, know what they're doing, continue to know what they're doing. Um, but the one things I the things I can't control is that they sometimes get very very red. I can't control that. Um, I can't control the. Uh, I just can't control the like texture of them. That's mm-hmm. just nothing I can do. However, makeup does help. So if I put on makeup, it can hide if they get red. Um, it can help balance some of that texture. Mm-hmm. I have learned how to do it. But I'll be honest with you, when I was first kind of figuring out what was right for me, I probably did put on a lot of makeup. Like I have learned how to like, I've learned how to balance that, but it took yeah. time. The fact that people felt very comfortable especially in sports. Like it happened typically around events that I was covering in the sports world. The fact that I managed 
to be called out for this makeup so often really like hurt because it's like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to be me again. And I have a lot of people in this world who basically are saying like, well, you look funny. And even if they didn't mean it like that, that's how it came. And so I often Mm. would just say, you know, I, it would be great if you could just not comment on my looks. And that's how I've always felt with sports is you don't have to think I'm right about everything. You can, you can call me out when I'm wrong. I've certainly been wrong. Um, but I would, I would rather be called out for a bad opinion surrounding something I've covered than the way I looked doing it. The way I look does not matter. The way I look has no bearing on my job. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with knowledge or talent. It has zero to do with either of those things. No, it really doesn't. And, you know, that's how I feel. And I feel this way, by the way, about anybody who does this. Men, women, it doesn't matter. I've seen people do the exact same thing towards um, men in this industry where they're like, oh, he's too big. He's this. And, like, that's not okay either. Right. Let's just stop commenting on people's looks and just let right. them be who they are and worry about the things that matter. Like, the way someone looks does not affect your everyday life. Right. So just let it go. No, no bearing on your life whatsoever. To end on a funny note because that, yes. like – Seriously, just stop commenting on people's looks. Stop commenting and also stop just, defending people who don't deserve it. So right. again, when you see people, to go back to the beginning really quick, who, who want to defend um, Jared Porter, just don't. Yeah. Don't. Just I, I have said his name even it. too many times. He doesn't even deserve that. But I'm just saying, believe women, listen to women, listen to women of color, listen to black women, and stop commenting on their looks. Yes. yes. That's all I ask. Period. Like, Period. Period. To go back to when I was thinking specifically about my grandma. So, like, I don't know. I'm a child of the 90s. I overplucked my eyebrows. All right? Oh, all, Full we, disclosure. All, all of us did. I, dry my, I draw my eyebrows on every day. It's one of my favorite things. My grandma, before I had really honed in my skills, <laughs> was like, Sasha, <laughs> what's wrong with your eyebrows? Oh, no. They look drawn on. And I, grandma. I, I figured it out after that. But it was like I was super self-conscious about it for a while. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but she, it was just like an innocent, she was just trying to have my back. But I will oh. always remember that when someone like says something about someone's makeup. I'm like, oh, my grandma like called me out once yeah. in front of my husband. It was Grandma's. Really, really embarrassing. I will say to like, if it, hey, if it makes you feel better when I was figuring out how to draw some, like, so again, full transparency, if you're somebody and you're like, hey, I'm learning something about Aaron I never knew. I actually only have like half of my right eyebrow. It was partially burned and some of it has grown back and not all of it has. Um, so I had to learn how to draw my eyebrows on. And I'm going to say I was very aggressive, very <laughs> aggressive for a while. It actually took a couple of women being like, do you need help? Like, do you need me showing <laughs> yes, you? And I'm like, gosh, yes, please help me. So to the, to the, the people out there who are actually trying to help or to grandma. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, grandma. <laughs> um, my eyebrows are always on point now. They are I really appreciate good. it. They, you do have really good eyebrows. Um, to end on like kind of circling back a little bit to the beginning. Now there is a little thing after this, so please don't go anywhere. Yes. I just wanted to add this one thing. When we talk about the value and the benefit of supporting women in sports, I think this is so phenomenal. Sarah Fuller, um, our queen, our, our Lord and Savior, Sarah Fuller. <laughs> um, We're not worthy. We are not worthy. She has, she had been on, she was invited to participate 
in the inauguration from both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, she believes this will be especially meaningful for American women and girls. And she said the glass ceilings are breaking and it's time to hashtag lead like a woman. So she filmed at Vanderbilt. So if you're somebody who's preparing to watch the inauguration, by the time you're listening to this, you may be watching some of the inauguration or you may have watched some of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things were pre-recorded or pre-taped. Um, a lot of people are not in person, which makes a lot of sense. But in this case, I'm very excited to hear Sarah Fuller speak. Yeah. Um, what an incredible journey for her. And I'm just, yeah. you know, here's an example of a, of a, of a woman that we really need to lift up and support because she she walked headfirst into the lion's den, knowing what was waiting for her from people who were going to criticize her every which way to Sunday and has handled it with more grace. And I am just in awe of her because if I could have had half of her, half of her gall at that age, I, I just can't even imagine mm. where I would be today. Right. So I'm excited what the future looks like for her. And she wore one hell of a power suit. Yes, she did. And she also wore heels on a football field. And I'm going to tell you as somebody who oh. has worn heels on a football field, good That's for you, Sarah easy. Fuller. <laughs> you are a goddess and we are truly not worthy of you. Wow. Ugh, I love it. All over I'm again. so excited. Okay. So if you are somebody like we talked about, and I'm going to be better, I, I, I'm going to be better about trying to find things too. And I know like we, like we had said originally, like things that we can actively do. Um, this is one where, yeah. um, if you are somebody, it's it's technically, you know, a day or two or now two days by the time you're listening to this after Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But I think it's important. In fact, Nebraska is actually celebrating MLK Jr. Week. Mm -hmm. It's the 25th through the 29th. The reason why is it's that first week back to school. So they would rather celebrate with students in classes versus a week when no students are on campus or in classes. Right. Um, so... The reason that I wanted to share this, and I, I'm going to go find it because I, I typed it to you. So we received an email from uh, one of our favorites, Yuri, and he, he said something in his email, and I'm not going to read the whole email to you. Yuri, your email is great. It was very fun to read. I, I actually <laughs> emailed him back and had some like fun, fun uh, responses to some yeah. of the things he said. Um, but he made a comment. He said, no right is absolute. The second you use your right to infringe on or to harm someone else, your your right is now void. I really loved this quote from him because he was speaking about us talking about the insurrection on January 6th. And since then, what people believe to be the freedom of um, losing their First Amendment rights, everything right. else. It's not, a, it's not exactly in apples to apples. It's a little bit in the same neighborhood. But the reason it really stood out to me is on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I took a ride on my Peloton with Toon Day. She's one of my favorite uh, instructors. And it was a part of her Speak Up, Speak Out. Um, they, they, have, they started it this summer around the death of George Floyd. It's Speak Up, Speak Out. It's very, very honest Honestly, if you're somebody who has a Peloton, I really recommend taking these rides with Toon Day. There's yeah. also um, yoga classes with another instructor who's phenomenal. Um, so she dedicated this ride to how we can better honor Martin Luther King Jr. And she kept repeating this quote, which is what reminded me a little bit when I was kind of reading Yuri's email. Freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Now, 
what I'm talking about here is when we have gone down the path of what about isms between what happened at the Capitol on January 6th and the protests that happened around Black Lives Matter and around the death of far too many black men and women in this country. The thing that we have to remember about someone like Martin Luther King Jr. is he has become a rightful hero, but a lot of his history has been I'm going to just say it exactly as it is. It has been whitewashed. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is when we share his I have a dream speech, a lot of people only know the very first part of his I have a dream speech. I actually ended up taking the yoga version of the speak up, speak out um, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day as well. And the entire I have a dream speech played. And I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember the last time I listened to the, the entire yeah. I have a dream speech. He doesn't just speak about the dream of um, white men and white women, or uh, black men, black women, white men, white women, children, whatever, coming together in unity and peace. He also speaks very openly about things like police brutality. Mm -hmm. He spent a lot of his time as an activist speaking about things that made people hate him. In fact, he would probably be very hated today. Yeah. Time has really changed how a lot of people look at Martin Luther King Jr. But I think it's important. And I saw a lot of kind of like fighting between people about this on Monday about, well, why can't I share a quote? You absolutely can share quotes. Mm -hmm. Like his, his quotes are timeless and should be shared. But also understand the context of that quote. Where did that quote come from? When did he share that quote? When did he, what was the context around it? Because there are a lot of times where we're missing the context. So I really, really encourage you, if you want to honor Martin Luther King Jr., and I'm going to tell you this fully honest, like so honestly from myself, a lot of this I am still learning myself. A lot of this I, I, Me too. I'm sad that like I feel like I did not know until recent years when it has been had to be pointed out to me. But there are so many resources out there. And one, and we will put these in the show notes. Um, so if you go to hillvarsity.com, it will be in the show notes there, is the UNL Office of, of Diversity and Inclusion is hosting an event with Bernice A. King. It's his daughter. It's a part of their MLK week. It is free to participate in. It's it's a virtual It's virtual. I think this is a great opportunity to sit and listen because she is somebody who is very, very clear about what people took from her father Mm -hmm. at the time. So this is what she tweeted yesterday. Dear politicians, political influencers, when you tweet about my father's birthday, remember that he was resolute about eradicating racism, poverty, and militarism. Encourage and enact policies that reflect your birthday sentiments. And then she shared a video saying, here is who he was authentically. It is so important that we don't lose who Martin Luther King Jr. was in his entirety. Because his story is so important, but it's only important if you get the whole story we can't just cherry pick the pieces i too like in accompaniment with 
with participating in that. Like I plan to do that. I'm actually really excited about it. I'm so Um, excited. (laughs) But I encourage people to go and read Letter from a Birmingham Jail in its entirety. And we can link that as well. um, I think that I actually revisited that yesterday, um, this being Tuesday when we record. Um, And I I forgot how many important things are in there. Um, I just think that I, I agree with you. It is super important to commemorate his memory by reflecting on the things that he was fighting for yes, and, and, and not cherry picking those quotes. Like, and Bernice in, she, she tweeted about this yesterday as well in letter from Birmingham jail. He was speaking to eight white clergy who took issue with the nonviolent campaign. He was leading in Birmingham. Now I'm reading mm-hmm. this directly from her. She said he wrote of white moderates who were more devoted to order than to justice. I we will, we will link these because it's yeah. important as well. But I think when we talk about, we don't need to sit and, we don't need to sit and argue about, well, why can't I share quotes? Why can't I do this? Why, you don't know where my heart is. You're right. I don't. And I'm not going to tell you that I know where your heart is. If you're, if you're actively working every single day to understand and to be um, better and to learn, good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what he stood for was also calling this stuff out. A lot of what he stood for was that, um, unfortunately, the, the, white moderate, as he called, um, as he used in his own speeches, was often comfortable in a space where they did not need to speak up. And so we often ask, what would we do if we lived during, if we lived during that time? We are living through another time of, of, we are having another, we are, let me, actually, let me just say this. Civil rights have never, like the fight for civil rights has not stopped. Yep. It has not. And I know we look at certain time periods and go, what would I have done in that period? And it's like, well, this period is mirroring a lot of that in some ways. But you know what? Honestly, the fight for fair and equal civil rights has never gone away. We are constantly fighting for these things. And so I just encourage you in light of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, spend some time with his words. Spend some time getting uncomfortable with his words. And if you feel like some of what he is saying is calling you out and your first reaction is to get defensive, don't. Understand where that's coming from and do something with it. Yep. That is all, that's all we can ask of each other is just to hear him, his full authentic self and not just what makes us feel comfortable one day a year. I think that's. Mike, I'm like, seriously, <laughs> like, I don't have anything to add to that because that was perfectly said. Well, thank you. I, I've told you all this. I'm not perfect here. I will stumble. I will make mistakes. I will, I will say things that I will regret. And I hope I am better for, and I hope I correct, and I hope I continue to learn. And that is all we can ask. So on a week that is so historic for so many reasons, let us just take a moment and spend some time with his words because I think, I think he has, I think his words have so much more power in their entirety to bring us together than they do to separate us. And so with that, let's just spend some time with Martin Luther King Jr. for the week. Again, go register for that event. 
I, yeah. I am so excited to hear from his daughter. I've listened to Ted talks of hers before. She's phenomenal, um, obviously, but she, she is the fact that she's giving us this resource to listen to. Let's yeah. take advantage of it. Absolutely. Because we, this opportunity doesn't always come around, Yeah, but have a safe week. Be mindful. Go spread some go spread some good energy around. Yes. And always you can email us at mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. We appreciate when we do get emails from you. It makes our day. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening and as always. These podcasts keep getting longer, but you haven't told us to stop. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll see you next you. week. <laughs> Bye. A Huda Media Production.